Hi there, everyone. I'm Gwen Jones, and welcome once again to the I'm a Rotarian podcast, the weekly podcast where I introduce you to amazing people that proudly call themselves Rotarians. Well, this week, our podcast went in three different directions, from Woodby Island, Washington, to Detroit, Michigan, to Malawi, Africa, all at the same time. Abby Morneau and Brittany Lawrence are two young ladies that are taking on a water project that is going to amaze you. And they are constantly living in an aspect of service above self to such a point that it literally made me cry for the first time in an interview. So join me, won't you? Today, we're going to learn about water projects in Malawi on this week's episode of the I'm a Rotarian podcast. As always, thank you so much for joining me. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I am so glad you're joining me this week. And this week, we are coming from several different places via that Zoom that we all know so well and are probably spending way too much time on. Uh, Brittany Lawrence is joining me from Detroit, Michigan, which is pretty cool. Speaking, I'm up here in the Northwest, so she's a three hour ahead of me. And then uh, Abby Morneau is joining me from Malawi, you know, not in the United States, not anywhere close to Detroit at all. In fact, a whole other continent away. And it is a little after nine at night for her. So welcome, ladies. We're going to learn about a water project and a whole bunch of other stuff this week. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having us. Great. Well, like I said, that was it's quite so Brittany's three hours ahead of me. And uh, Abby's quite a few hours ahead of me. But (laughs) Uh, I, I'm talking to somebody in the next couple of weeks who uh, is in Australia, so that'll be like a day ahead of me. So it's all Zoom is a wonderful and obnoxious thing all at the same time that we can all talk together. So thanks for being on. <laughs> Appreciate it. So we're going to dabble in some of these 10 questions, but then um, I will throw Brittany under the bus to say that Brittany went to rotarianpod at gmail.com. And she is, a, and you are a Rotarian as well, correct? Yes. Okay, so I Brittany's am. a Rotarian. Abby's a Rotarian. And they got in touch with me because they wanted to tell me about an awesome water project, which I'm very excited to share with everybody. So we're going to dabble a little bit in some of these regular questions. We're going to talk about that water project. And uh, it should be a lot of fun. So Everybody who listens to the, to the podcast knows that always my first question is, what's your earliest recollection of Rotary and why did you first get into Rotary to begin with? Whoever wants to go first, you yeah. can do it. <laughs> okay, I'll jump in because I'm already, my box is already lit up. Okay. Uh, my first recollection of Rotary, you know what, I think it, it came back to when I was a young girl. Um, so it's actually kind of cool right now anyways um well i think this person is always cool but i'm from the same district 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 6400 where jen jones um were part of the same district so anyways my parents were friends and are friends with um when i was a little girl it was miss jen and dr nick her husband wow and yeah so growing up i had always heard about rotary through them and when i was in high school uh jen had said you know, that would be so cool if your high school had an interact club. So a couple girlfriends and I started an interact club. Um, I think it's still going, but in a different capacity. And then, you know, life continued to happen. And when I was done my master's program, I thought to myself, like, I, I really want to participate in some sort of volunteer experience or opportunity. And I kind of felt like when adulthood started, those opportunities weren't in my face anymore. Um, You know, like at school, like it's circulating through emails or when you're um, 
naturally like on campus you'll see flyers and whatnot but after school I didn't know where to look for those things and so I I went back to what I knew as adult volunteering which was rotary um so I had reached out to Dr. Nick and had asked him like how do I become a Rotarian what do I do and he said oh well let me go ahead and put you in contact with LaSalle Centennial's president who at the time it was Elvira um DeJesu Iruso and so her and I um, I think we had coffee or we met in some way and, and we really hit it off and I thought, okay, I'll just join this club. Um, and I've loved it ever since. So I guess the long or the short answer to that question is, you know, when I was a little girl, that seed was planted about rotary. Wow. Okay. So first of all, in that you, you're telling us that the next international rotary international president is like, a little name dropping there just right we know. yeah so there's a been a name lot dropping of <laughs> and you've decided when you're officially an adult because you said now when i'm adult i can join rotary so you've yeah. mastered your your that's yeah, pretty name dropping okay abby no pressure but no, no. How, did, <laughs> how did you get into rotary did the dalai lama get you involved or what <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the same connections as Brittany, but I would say it's a similar story. I mean, I'm from a really small town and Rotary is here. Um, I, I'm, or Rotary is there, I should say. Um, and I didn't find this out until about a week or about a month ago that my grandfather was actually one of the first Rotarians in my hometown. So, um, but I remember, you know, pancake breakfasts as like fundraisers and all that kind of stuff through our church and through our community and um, was always through Rotary. And so, when I was in high school, that was an automatic join of joining the Interact Club. And in fact, being in the Interact Club was my first opportunity to travel, not my first opportunity to travel internationally, but the first time to do any sort of service project internationally. And so that was kind of my first stepping stone into international development, which is what I'm doing now. Um, and so it's always interesting to kind of look back at a rotary is one of those foundational stepping stones for where I am now. Um, and when I was here in Malawi, a lot of my colleagues are Rotarians and it was something. So I just, I, I joined, I joined that club. And in fact, we have so many here at our, at our office that are Rotarians that we've created our own satellite club. Um, so it's, it's been exciting to be a part of. And I know as I eventually go back to the, to the U S I'll, I'll continue to be a Rotarian. Wow. So you're, you're in Malawi, you are a Rotarian, but you're not there as part of, say, RI or Rotary International. Right. right. It was okay. kind of like a secondary, secondary join uh, that I made. Um, I'm here through an NGO that I've been working with for about 10 years um, on and off. And so um, Rotary just seems like a, you know, the next the fit. big thing to be a part of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, and are either one of your ladies, is, is either one of your other family members in Rotary, or do you guys just stand alone? I don't have anyone. You don't have, so Abby, you don't have anybody else in your family. What about you, Brittany? Yeah, I have an aunt um, who's a part of the uh, Rotary Club of Anoka in Minnesota. Um, and so I was, yeah, I think that's the only person in my family who is a Rotarian, but um yeah. Mm. I, it's a question that I'm finally starting to hear some people say, yeah, I've got an uncle or I've got an aunt. Um, I finally uh, talked to a young lady in Hawaii who's a third generation Rotarian or fourth generation. So it's like finally getting more because unfortunately it seemed like about 80, 90% of the first time I had done some of these podcasts, people would say, nope, I'm it. That's just me. <laughs> so, all right. Well, that's, so then We'll start a little bit on the on the on the lighter side of things, and we're going to get to this water project because I think they're going to go hand in hand. Is one of the questions that we love in the podcast is what's been one of your most inspirational experiences with Rotary? Like what one has the lasting, the biggest lasting impact? Go ahead and start with any of those, and then um, with some of those memories, and then it'll probably make a nice little shoe into this water project that I'm really excited to talk to everybody about. Abby, you want to lead this one? <laughs> go on, Abby. You can go first this time. I think I, I mean, I already kind of mentioned it. It was that trip that I took as an interactor. Um, it was my first time being in a developing 
context of, of a developing country. I went to Honduras with my local Rotary Club and they sponsored two students um, from our Interact Club to go. And it was um, an eye-opening experience. Um, I had traveled quite a bit, and but I'd never seen the world like that before. Um, and so being able to be a part of a project like what we did in Honduras was putting together a house for a week. Um, oh, Abby, come back. She's frozen. <laughs> All right. So while, while we're waiting for Abby to get connected, like I said, everybody, <laughs> she is she is in Malawi. So, um, the, oh, wait a minute. I think we have her back. Are you back with us, Abby? I'm back. That's okay. So we, we filled in the, in the radio podcast, we call that fill. So don't worry about it. And, and we can also edit. Uh, did you, so you were saying that you built this house in, was it Honduras you said? Yes. Yeah. And so did that kind of plant the seed and to actually kind of lead to what, where you are now? Like that was really, I was hooked. Yeah. I started seeking out those opportunities as much as possible. And so when the opportunity to come and be a part of something here in Malawi came up, I, I had to jump after it and I immediately signed up and came and locked into it. Cool. All right. So Brittany, what is, what's an inspirational thing you've had? Inspirational That's time a you've good had? Question. With, um, I did something similar, um, but it wasn't associated with Rotary. It was associated with uh, like a volunteer group through the University of Windsor in Windsor, Ontario, um, Canada. And um, it was similar in, in the aspect of, you know, it was a group of students that went to a community in Peru um, and we built a daycare center or like an early childhood center. Um, and that was my first time ever stepping, you know, outside of North America and, you know, experiencing, um, a different way of living, you know, a completely different culture, meeting people where English was not, you know, their primary language or the first language. And um, that was something else to be in another um, area of the world where like I couldn't communicate with the people beside me. Um, mm -hmm. But then in the Rotary world, you know, I think once I joined the Rotary Club of La Salle Centennial and I was learning about the international projects that they had already, you know, started and that they were currently working on. Um, I, you know, I had that thought of like, is it, is it completely out there for me to want to be a part of something like this? Is it, um, you know, uh, a hopeless goal, like to be a part of an international project in whatever way? Cause you know, you look at like, I'm a young professional. Can I do this? Is it feasible? Right. Um, and then, yeah, we, we had made connections. And next thing I know, I'm standing in, in Africa. And I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. It's totally possible to, to be a part of something um, like that. So it, both of you have the, kind of the stories of something bigger than yourself kind of thing is what inspired you. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, Brittany, like I said, you, you reached out to me and said that you had this water project. And then you reached out to poor Abby and said, by the way, I, I've shanghaied you and we're going to do a podcast. So <laughs> there are, there are ears that are waiting to hear all about this. So, uh, and I'm, and I'm fascinated too. So I've, I have two inspired young Rotarians. Now, are you Rotaractors or are you Rotarians? Rotarians. Okay. You are both Rotarians and tell me about, or tell us or the audience about this water project. I'm excited. Yeah, so it's really funny, you know, we're at this point right now um, in our water project where um, Elvira says it perfectly. She says that it's like the last five pounds of a diet. Um, you just, you know, you can't lose those last, last five pounds no matter what you do. And when I heard her say that the other day, I thought, oh, yes, this, this is the catchphrase I'm holding on to. So we're at this our project where we're at the last five pounds. We're so close to our goal um, to completely fund this water project in Malawi. And we're sitting here thinking like, how can we, how can we let more people know about the work that we're doing and, um, you know, get more people to support us um, because there's, there's district funds everywhere. It's just getting clubs to tap into that. Um, 
And so I, I kind of was thinking of like, what would be all of the different rotary sources that I reach out to? And I thought, oh my gosh, there's this podcast that I've listened to. And how cool would it be to be able to share our story and, you know, where we started and where we've come to, um, to see if other people are interested in hearing about it. And, um, you know, the, the more people that know, the more we're passing along the message. And, you know, this project has always been important, but I think now more than ever, we, the whole world is seeing the impact that access to clean water has on everyone's lives. Um, and so it's, it's just a message that needs to go as far as it can. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the history of the project itself? And, and what inspired you to get in touch with this part of the, the seven dynamics that we do talk about in Rotary and that we've added in environmental to as well, because clean water and environment can definitely be linked together. So give us a little history about the project and what, what exactly the project is. Yeah, I can, um, I can start it off and then Abby, you, do you want to jump in when we talk about the school and everything? Definitely. Okay. We kind of have like, we have this presentation that we've done and it's like a little traveling show, um, which has been so great for Zoom because we can connect anywhere. Mm -hmm. So um, that's why Abby's, you know, used to being thrown in at the last minute. We're like, hey, we've got a presentation here. Abby, And it's a traveling (laughs) show. There's like clowns and carnival things. It's great. Okay. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Go to the barn and put on a show and we'll raise money for water. Right, exactly. Um, So, you know, like all things in Rotary, our story started based on a connection. And um, it would have been back in 2017 is where like we kind of connected to this project um, or the idea of this project. Um, And that was through an individual. Her name is Laura Lamarzi Klein. And um, Laura is a resident of LaSalle, Ontario. And uh, Laura's story, though, started way before that. So in 2012, uh, Laura went to Malawi, Africa, and she was volunteering with an organization called Determined to Develop. And Mm -hmm. um, she was doing that while studying at the University of North Carolina. And she was doing um, her undergraduate degree in public policy and medical anthropology. And so she had several different internships. Light reading. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, no big deal. Um, She's just incredible. Um, Yeah. I was going to say. She is. No, she's outstanding. And so she, she had been doing um, internships pretty much around the world. Um, And so her work took her to Malawi and then she got connected with this organization. Um, So in 2017, Laura was home in LaSalle uh, before she was going back to Malawi to do work with HIV and cervical cancer prevention. And uh, she did a presentation to our Rotary Club of LaSalle Centennial. And Laura and I are the same age. And so I'm watching her up there, you know, present. And I'm like, "Uh, how can I become best friends with this person? (laughs) So I literally, you know, was like, Laura, can we go for coffee? And then, you know, small town, we realized that we knew a bunch of people and we had, you know, similar contacts. And so we we became friends and we developed this friendship. And I said, I've got this interact club that I run, uh, you know, that's sponsored by a Rotary Club. I think it'd be really cool for them to learn more about your work in Malawi and uh, have Malawi become their, their international project. Um, Because at that point, our club hadn't had anything yet that they were really focusing on internationally. Mm -hmm. We learned more about determined to develop or like we'll call it D2D and the kids or the interactors, they sponsored um, a pillar of determined to develop, which is the girls empowerment program. And they ended up um, fundraising for chickens and so that the girls had a microfinancing project and, you know, they would sell the chickens or the eggs um, in order to earn money for themselves. And so that was like our first kind of uh, hand in, in Malawi and awareness about Malawi and determined to develop. And then I think it was shortly after that, that the Rotary Club kind of thought, how do we get involved? Like what, mm-hmm. what can we support? Um, and one day we were around and, and we, we had this idea to like, let's go to Lowy. Let's go and see, you know, this community. Let's see where Laura has lived in, in these relationships that she's built. And so 
in uh, June 2019, three Rotarians, including myself, three females. Um, so it was myself, Elvira Tejesu Iruso, and Lisa Pavin. We went to Malawi and we stayed with Laura and her husband. And um, we met um, a gentleman named Matt Maroon, who's the founder of Develop. And then that's how we met Abby. Abby um, works, uh, she's the head teacher at the Wasamba Boys High School and students who go to, um, or who are, are uh, residents of Determined to Develop, go to the Wasamba Boys High School. Um, and so I'll fill in like a little bit of Determined to Develop and then like Abby can kind of take over because that's where, that's where her connection comes in. Um, but Determined to Develop, it's a not-for-profit organization in Malawi. And, uh, you know, their mission statement is to empower others through education. And then in turn, you know, they'll empower themselves to develop their families, the community, and, and the Malawi as a whole. Um, and so they support, um, young men through their their schooling opportunities their housing and so like i said um i don't know abby is it most of the boys will go to they go to wasambo boys high school or like a chunk of that? Uh, just a, a selection but i'll also add that it's um sponsoring the the nonprofit sponsors boys and, and girls so about and girls, 50 okay do they do boys and girls just eat in, in schooling in Malawi, they're always separated? The boys are in one school and the girls are in another, or is it a private school? Not necessarily. Our school is a private um, single-sex school. Um, those typically tend to do a little bit better than, than mixed-sex uh, schools. So that's what we've, we've started with uh, for now, and eventually we'll add a girl's school um, in, in, the, in the next uh, couple in years. In the not-so-different future. Okay, awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so when we, we met Matt, we met Abby, um, you know, we met community members, we went to some rotary meetings in Malawi, and, you know, we were all just completely taken back um, by our trip there. You know, I've never felt more welcomed in, um, in a, another country in my whole entire life. Like it was just, wow. it was just outstanding. You know, they call Malawi the warm heart of Africa, and you truly felt that the minute you got there. Um, Oh, and so we were, there, you know, a little bit of business, a little bit of pleasure. And so we kind of had asked the questions like, what are some of the needs here? What are some, what are some ways that we can help? Because, you know, we're completely invested in this community. Um, and water came up, you know, water, um, the access to water and specifically the Wasambo Boys High School um, did not have access to clean water. And that was a big barrier for education and developing, you know, um, further, further needs for education. Like Abby said, the girls' school, um, these things just cannot happen without access to water. When you say access to water, is this like a well or is this by river and stream or is this, you know, like, so for them to have clean water or is it, is it, do they have a well and the well itself is just not, the water is not usable. Yeah, so right now we have a borehole, uh, which has a water pump uh, in it, but unfortunately, just kind of the location of where it is, we're not getting enough water from it. Um, and so that's kind of where this water system is coming into play of, of adding the capacity of our current system so we can support mm -hmm. more students. Gotcha. How many students do you have, Abby? Right now we have 150 and we're about to add uh, 50 to 60 more in January as we start a new academic year. Um, but when we're full capacity, as we continue to build and grow, this one school will have up to maybe 350 students. Um, and how many, one. how many classrooms? Um, right now we have four classrooms. Uh, we've just added one or wow. two more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's, um, you know, we started very small um, with one classroom and one set of students. And each year over the last three years, we've grown and grown and grown and um, have added classrooms, have added offices, have added teachers' houses, all of the above to make it, um, you know, from one to two buildings up to now we have six or seven. So it's very exciting as we continue to grow. So the students and were the growing, the buildings were growing, but the infrastructure may not 
have grown as fast or it grew, it grew out of its infrastructure, I guess is the best way to say it. Exactly. And so to continue to support the growth of this school um, and to add on with a girls school, to add on with a technical college, we have to increase our water capacity. And so that's where this, this water system comes into play. And, and not only will this water system support our school and the future schools on the campus, but we have a real opportunity here to support our community as well. Um, you know, our community members, our villages that are around us are also having water problems. Um, women are walking long distances. Um, they're, um, you know, missing out on opportunities a lot of times because of the, the time and effort and energy it takes to source water for their families. Um, and so, you know, if we're right there and we're creating this water system, why not share it with our community as well? And so, um, you know, this water system, at, at, at its full capacity as our, as our school is completely developed, it's almost 2,500 people that could be on this campus. And it's the same amount of people in our communities that could also benefit. So you're talking about roughly around 50,000 people that could actively use this water source? 5,000. Really? 5,000. 5, yeah. So 2,500, yeah. not 25,000. Okay. I was like, yeah. wow, there's a lot of people. Okay. That, like what's in a zero? I'm like, okay, that's a big difference. All right. <laughs> So basically 5,000 people on one well made a lot more difference in my brain than 50,000 people on one well, because that's just, no well can give you that much. <laughs> so, and so you're saying that, that what, what did, when you talk about that, there are some people that walk a long time to get water. What, as, as somebody who's talking to you from Washington state that I've never run out of water ever. And I have a well and I live on a well that, gets, you know, I just flip a switch and water comes out of my faucet and water comes out. Um, tell us like how far does somebody have to walk if they don't have a decent well in Malawi to get water? It, it can be almost uh, an hour or two, an hour, an hour and a half each way, um, depending on the time of year. Um, if, the, if it's rainy season, water sources closer could be uh, easier to use, but if it's dry season and those wells are dried up as well, then um, maybe it's, it's a longer walk. We are very fortunate that we live right on the lake. Um, I don't know if you can hear the waves in my audio right now, but I'm, <laughs> I can hear the waves now. Um, and so a lot of times women um, and girls will, will take, uh, you know, clothing and buckets and things to, to get lake water. But of course, that's not water that can be uh, cooked with or used for drinking water. Um, mm -hmm. And so that, that is a, a resource that we're lucky to have, but it, it's just not um, what we need to, to survive. Um, right. So that's where the calls come into place. Right. So, so we have this school, the school needs water. The school is growing. We have uh, you, uh, Brittany, that has fallen in love with the country that has the school that needs the water. Mm -hmm. Um what is what is exactly the plan? What is what is like if I had if if you were going to do me my my pie charts of what exactly you want to do in a nutshell what do you what do you want from what do you want this project to be and how do you you know what do you see it? Is it is it a well? Is it two wells? Is it what's your dream? So we were, we were really fortunate um, that we had some volunteer engineers come from the United States um, to visit our project. And in fact, um, their students uh, from the University of Dayton engineering students came and visited and used this as a project for their class. Oh, there you and go. So they, yeah, so they did some research and, and looked at other water sources in the area. They looked at what we had. They looked at what we needed. Um, and they came up with this technical report that they handed over to us last summer. And so from that technical report, then we were able to um, use that to come up with the plan that would work best for our, our area and what we need. And so that includes three boreholes um, that, that have three pumps connected to electricity that are then all connected uh, with one valve chamber that is then pumped up the hill to a, to a giant steel water tank uh, that will gravity feed our campus, our future campuses, and our community as well. Wow. So I can see. So, so you say that it's going to be pumped up to a water tank. Is that to get you through the not rainy season? I mean, do, does it, 
I mean, I'm not sure if I'm making myself, if I, it's making sense, you know, I don't know enough about wells. So you have three wells and you have a good chunk of the year that is dry, if I'm not mistaken. And then you have a yeah, whole bunch of water that comes at a very short time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we can get water from these wells year round, which is really okay. great. Um, it's, it's off our campus a bit. And so it's, it's at a lower elevation too. So it's, it's easier to reach those veins of underground water at a lower elevation. And so that's why the, the pumps are kind of down a bit. And then they're pumping up to the tank at the top of the hill, of course, to use gravity as a force to, to right. fill those pipes. But the reason we're doing a tank is that, um, you know, we're flushing toilets and running showers and turning on taps here and there. And it's, you know, we have to have a supply of water to kind of fill those different areas where water is being used. And so because also the, the pumps are um, using electricity, you know, our electrical grid is not necessarily always stable. And so there might be time where we don't have electricity to be able to pump the water. And so having that storage capacity also allows us to continue to have water um, when we may not have electricity. Wow. So it's, it's more than just drinking water. I mean, what I was, when I, my naivete about the, the letter that Brittany sent was it was a water project, but I guess when we think of water, I thought it was drinking water. And you're saying what you guys are really looking for is a water infrastructure for this school. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. You know, we have students and they're boarding full time and so they're teenage boys and we need really good showers for those guys after football practice and things like that. So um, it's important that we have um, access to not, of course, drinking water. Yes, definitely 100%. That's our first priority. Mm -hmm. Water is life is a saying here in Malawi, I'm sure, yes. as a lot of places. And um, but it's really also important to have water to, you know, other basic human needs of washing clothes and taking showers and, um, you know, as we've learned during COVID-19, washing your hands and, and all of these things are important as well. Yes, I think we all forget that, you know, it is a worldwide pandemic. You guys sure. in <laughs> from Detroit, Michigan to Malawi to Washington State, we've all had to, you know, sport our, our favorite multicolored mask that matches our ensemble. Um, <laughs> so then as the school grows is this water project big enough or is this like a phase one of a multiple phase that you would like someday dream big it's a good one. It, well that's what we've done yeah. <laughs> so this water project will be um, big enough to support our community and all three of our planned campuses um and because you know we don't we don't want to have to go back and, and ask more again later. We, mm -hmm. we want to be able to kind of have it, not necessarily so that we can have it all now, but, but so that we're ready to, to move and, and grow organically um, as, as we need. And we, we can't add that girls' school until we have water. We can't add that technical school in, until we have water. So to be able to kind of increase the education capacity, we also have to increase the water capacity. Yeah. So I guess we've come to the to the ask part. So how big a project is this? What, what was the, uh, those, those very nice students gave you that very nice piece of paper with that very nice plan on it. And down in the lower right hand corner, it probably said, and the answer is, and this will cost. All right, go for it. What did it say? Uh, a total of 290,000 US dollars. Wow. Okay, I don't have no a big check deal. for that quite yet. Like, <laughs> I'll send you a check. Well, it's a handful. Absolutely. Yeah. So, it's a, yeah. so what you ladies have decided to embark on, which I think is, is incredibly admirable, um, is that you are two Rotarians that are, uh, I would say, the younger of the Rotarians. You are not the typical looking Rotarians. You are the, you are the next generation of Rotarians, which I'm so excited to talk to to uh, Rotarians like yourself that have sent out to Malawi to basically bring a school and a community water, three wells and a tank and a whole infrastructure for not only um, education, which is part of Rotary, uh, sanitation and, or, you know, to change the environment of a town, 
for the greater good. And then I can't help but think that there's probably some business opportunities and or a better way of life in that community around you that'll also be helped by these wells. So there's, it doesn't take a genius to say that we could probably punch in like 90% of what Rotary does and believes in, in this one water project. Is that pretty safe to say? Yes. And I would also add in, <laughs> um, I would also add in the support for our women um, as well, because they're primarily the, the people in the communities and their families that are collecting this water and caring for this water and transporting this water. And so uh, it really opens up a lot of opportunity for them to be more involved in, in business, like you were saying, or in their community or, or in their own education as well. Yeah, a mile and a half to, and you said that's one way. So you could do what, a mile, it's a two miles to get enough water to what carry on your head or your back or yeah primarily on their head and it's women and their children that that take on that responsibility Mm -hmm. wow while we were there um you know i can't remember if it was um elvira or lisa who kind of made the comment you know it was more so an observation but it ended up being like a, a great conversation like why is it just women and young children that we see, you know, walking about during the day, um, why are they not in school? And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's exactly what Abby just addressed that, you know, if we can eliminate them having to um, take, you know, these long hikes to go and get water, there's more of an opportunity to them for them to get an education and, um, you know, empower themselves to, you know, support themselves in life and um, who knows what the options are once you get an education. I think we sometimes really forget that it is some of the most simplest things that make a world of difference in everybody's life. I mean, you know, you, Brittany, are calling us from Detroit and, Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, your, your state made the news Flint right outside of Detroit there for nothing else than getting clean water, mm-hmm. you know, that this is a, it's a, it's a world problem. You know, it's, we have as much problem with clean water here in the United States. We get kind of spoiled that we think that we just flip a switch and we have electricity around here or we turn on a faucet and water naturally comes. So even in the United States, I guess we can, we have water projects, but this international, your Flint, Michigan is not, however, going to be fixed for a measly 200 and what was it? 250,000 roughly to, to, to make this 90 to 90. <laughs> Look at yeah. this. I'm having trouble with my zeros today. In that <laughs> case, it was basically 300 thou. Let's, you know, yeah. cause we have 10 thou for overages. Let's say. Right. <laughs> How much do you guys have already? So I think, Abby, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we are $54,000 short. That's it? Yeah, that's that last five pounds of that diet that Elvira keeps talking about. (laughs) Wow, congratulations. Elvira has been a champion for getting us funding for this project. She has, her and Brittany together have really gone out and sourced different clubs, different districts, um, different organizations. And so we, we've done probably 15 Zoom calls <laughs> with different, different clubs doing presentations. And um, Elvira is a, is a whiz at using a spreadsheet and figuring out, okay, if we have district funds and we have club funds and what's the matching and, you know, if you can add this and, and do that and, and how can we maximize, um, right. you know, the smallest actual gift to get the biggest impact for this project. So it's, yeah. it's been really fun to see and learn from her. Is it, is it a type of thing that you can't start until you have it all? Or is there a way to do some of the project with some of the funds you already have? Nobody wants to answer that one. Come on. No. So we have, so the, the project was actually split up into two separate global. Gotcha. Um, so we did the Wasamble water tank and then we did the actual grant project and, um, the tank 
is actually fully funded, which has been such a cool development that happened, um, you know, in the midst of a pandemic, we were able to, to secure the funding. And, and that's been really important because we've been able to, you know, the Rotary Club of LaSalle has made contributions. Um, we've had contributions from District 7080, um, from our own district, District 6400, the Interact Club of LaSalle, and then we were able to get um, funding from the Canadian government, as well as um, the World Matching, um, World Fund Matching Grant. Oh, great. And, um, so that's been awesome. So I think the tank is being built right now. Um, We've broken ground. Yes. Broken ground, okay. And so we're just waiting for um, the rest of that, that money to fulfill the second part of our grant. Um, and so that's, you know, that's our mission right now is that, you know, we see, we want, we want everyone else to see where that need is. Mm -hmm. And we want everyone else to see the importance of this project, um, the benefit that this project would have on, you know, a community, on students, um, for individuals and and their livelihood. And um, we're determined to get that $54,000. So, so take, and and I'm, and, and if this podcast can do get you anywhere closer to there with the, to the listening of my voice and the information that you're going to send with me so I can get out there, I'm happy to do it. But what I would like to know is what do you think as, you know, this, this little country of Malawi, you, you, both you ladies seem to love so much. You, I think you subscribe, described it as the, what the heart of, of Africa. Is that the way I think the, what you said, um, what would it mean? If they, if you woke up tomorrow and this and this water project was done and that water was flowing freely, what do you, I mean, give us an idea of what that day would look like. And I, Abby, I'm already seeing it makes makes bad radio, but I'm already seeing this <laughs> this fantastic grin go over your face. So let's just say we've got pixie dust and the whole thing would be done tomorrow. What would life be at the school and around the school with that pump done? Tell us what what that would be like. I can already hear all of our students jumping for joy. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it is a daily struggle um, when we run out of water every day at three o'clock, basically, because we're right now we're on a solar solar pump system. And so when the sun starts going down, we don't get as much water and we already don't have enough water to begin with. And when we run out of water every day at three o'clock, it it's a downer. I don't know how any other way to say it. I mean, it is a struggle. And so we've learned to live with it and we fill buckets in preparation and we know that that's going to happen. Um, but I, I don't, I don't want to ever see my students turn a tap on and no water come out because just see the, the frustration on their faces and the, uh, you know, the, uh, there's no water again, you know, all of these, this frustration that is, is, is keeping them from, you know, washing their cups and spoons and their clothes and, and taking enough baths and all of these different things. It is frustrating and it takes a toll. And so I, I cannot wait for the day to, to have a tap turn on every, to water come out every time you turn it on. I think it would just be a huge joy for our staff, for our students, and to have these different uh, taps in our community would just be life-changing. I mean, I can I already imagine the celebrations that are going to happen mm-hmm. uh, with the ribbon and all of these different things. I think there's just so much excitement about this project, um, this water project, the school. It's just, there's a lot of excitement around it. And so to if we could wake up tomorrow and it would be finished, oh my gosh, I think our students would just... <laughs> their heads would explode. <laughs> it would just be so exciting. <laughs> well, and I have to say it, you, you easily, uh, Abby are, are showing the, um, the service above self part of it, because I don't think you noticed, I don't think you mentioned yourself once you said, I would be so excited to see my students. I would be so excited if my students turned on a tap and my students could wash their dishes and my students could take a shower. 
That's service above self, my love. It's almost tear-jerking. So uh, I hope everybody listening to my voice is dabbing their eyes as we speak because, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think here in the United States and in North America in general, we take a lot of things for granted. And maybe COVID has kind of shaken that up a little bit and all of a sudden we, we cannot move as freely, but water's never stopped flowing. And that's a very interesting thing to think about when we can't figure out what takeout we want Uber Eats to bring us tonight. You know, <laughs> it's something to think about. So ladies, I, I, I want to ask a, a few more of our, of our other questions that I usually do and, and let, you know, Abby, it is after nine o'clock at night, so we'll let you get to sleep pretty soon. But um I would be remiss if I didn't ask that you would have all this information if somebody hearing my voice wants to push you over that 50 thou and you'll send me all that information so I can get it up on the, on the website and the podcast and all that kind of stuff for sure. And then one of my questions I always ask people is, you know, where do you think, where do you think Rotary is going to go in the future? And what does it mean for you guys to be Rotarians? Is this, is this why you're a Rotarian? And is, this is why you want, you know, I was a bad question. I think I combined three questions there. Let's break it down. <laughs> Let's break it down and say, what does being a Rotarian mean to you two? I think I'll go first. I I think it's just like what you said. It's it's service above self. And at the very beginning, both Brittany and I didn't mean to, but we both talked about it's about being a part of something that's, that's bigger than than just one person. And um, that's that's what Rotary is. It's bringing people together and and accomplishing a goal. And that's um, been a, the the great part of you know. I just joined Rotary recently, and this is the first project that we've worked on, and it's. I don't know why I haven't joined before now, right? Um, so I don't know if I answered your question, but. <laughs> no, no, that sounds great. What about you, Brittany? What does being a Rotarian mean to you? Yeah, I think Abby said it perfectly. I mean, uh, this too was my first um, international project. Um, and just for the record, your first international project, you two ladies, is a $300,000 project. I mean, there's some people who are like, hey, I think if we get $10,000 together, we can do such and such. I mean, go big or go home, both of you. Right. <laughs> and, and that goes back to our, our fearless leader. I mean, it, right from the get-go, Elvira was um, like, okay, where do we begin? Nope, let's aim higher. And, and that's mm-hmm. just the leader that she is. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely agree with Abby that to me being a Rotarian is, is finding ways to engage in that service above yourself, finding something greater than yourself. Um, but I also think too, it's being around those like-minded people that also feel that same way. And, and I just feel so lucky to, you know, be a part of this project with people like Abby. I mean, I would have never connected with Abby um, I mean, who knows, but it would be very, very, very unlikely to connect with someone in Africa who was born in Ohio. And <laughs> that, you know, that just continues to remind me of the power of Rotary, that connection of people all over the world who have that same mindset and those similar goals. And um, to be amongst leaders and, and female leaders who are also doing those same things like Elvira and uh, like Jennifer Jones. Um, it's just, it kind of leaves you speechless sometimes. So it's, it's remarkable. Wow. Well, ladies, thank you so much for, for doing the podcast, for telling everybody about this, these last five pounds that you want to lose. <laughs> And, uh, and I know that, that I will definitely do my part to get the word out there about them. And what let's, you know, we've already, we've already had the daydream where this thing has been built. What do you guys go from here? I mean, if your first one out of the gate is a roughly $300,000 water project, what would you guys want to do next? If you could do this one, is there, is there another one tapping at you for next time? I think we build that girls school. Exactly. Yeah, I think we, we build that girls' school right away. And um, 
Yeah, then the technical college. And then I'm sure it'll be, uh, you know, another project that we can engage in. Um, but yeah, I think that girls' school is next on the list, the girls' school. Well, ladies, I will hold that vision for all three of those for you. And uh, let's get this last 50 grand or so done. And uh, let's get that girls' school built. And uh, I see... I see great things for you. I, I, you both. And again, Abby, I thank you for joining me in the middle of the night and Brittany, thanks for, for bugging my email. I always say, <laughs> if you have a Rotarian that I should know about, let me know. And Brittany did it. So ladies, such an honor to meet you both. Thank you so much. You have any last thoughts or anything before I, I tell you your, your fist, your first official podcast is done. No, thank you, Gwen, for having us. I mean, this was, uh, Super cool. Um, I don't know, Abby, I don't know about you, but this is my first ever podcast. So this is really cool. I have had quite a few podcast version, versions. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel that, that you know, I, I, I've been there first for so many. In fact, people yeah. have come back and said, I think I'll start a podcast. I'm like, okay, more the merrier. Let's do it. Yeah, you've been our first. So it's it's not only been cool to have the first podcast um, experience, but to be able to talk about the Malawi Water Project. So thank you, Gwen, for giving us that, um, this space to do that. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) You bet, my pleasure. The Malawi Water Project. What do you think, you guys? How cool is that? We're going to help a school expand to a bigger school to expand to helping an entire village through the work of two women, one in Chicago and one in Malawi. Thank you ladies for the conversation. It was awesome. And if you're interested in said Malawi project, I will make sure that I put all the information up on our Facebook page. And here's hoping ladies that all those funds, that remaining little bit comes to you very soon. All right, then, just like that, we've come to the end of our podcast. As usual, if you've liked the podcast, please tell a friend. Have them subscribe and download, because as I say, that makes it easier for others to find us. And, of course, if you have a Rotarian that I should know about, let me know, will you? You can reach me at rotarianpod at gmail.com. All right, then, until next week wear a mask, take care of yourself and the world around you, and we'll hear you next week on the I'm a Rotarian podcast. Thanks so much, everybody. Have a great week.